right, what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell. We have a massive show to get to. The Raptors parade was taking place. We have to get to some other NBA moves. There's reports out of Houston that there's a lot more tension than maybe we knew about between James Harden, Chris Paul, and others in the in that organization. The Knicks are a disaster. But first, before we get to any of that, um, I don't like our YouTube page. Yeah, why not? Oh. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. You're getting crushed on our YouTube page. Yeah, I don't like it one bit. Um, Canel is looking at the wrong thing. Watch the game. Not LeVar. Pelicans never lost. That was a kind one. That was a very nice one. I've never heard Rajah Bell talk before. His voice doesn't match his body. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, fair I don't enough. even know what that means. Fair enough. Think if, is that a compliment? I don't or know. Is that it a compliment to your body or an insult to your voice or flipped around? Yeah. Is it a compliment I, I don't, to your I'm not going to read it. I, your body? Yeah. I, I don't take these as personal as you do. Idiots joking about how the Pelicans don't want the LeVar Ball Circus. No, the Pelicans really use this PR and atmosphere. Oh, that's good. Hey, that's the any bell, uh, or any publicity is good publicity. Any bell. Raja bell. bell using common sense. Hold on. Correct. And his name was never heard again. That's about La, uh, LeVar. Uh, these aren't too bad. There were a couple that sounded more insulting that uh, Coco was our producer. I'm just happy that people are responding to something that's being said on the show. Right? Exactly. That's, that's exciting. Bring us your me. comments. Yeah. Bring it on Twitter. Bring it on the YouTube page. You can follow us there at Canel and Bell and on Twitter at Canel and Bell. I have a trade for you before we get to Coco's dime because I'm just totally going off the screen. Okay. I don't think Lonzo is a done deal to stay in New Orleans. Now, you obviously have a better relationship with Griff but than I do. I haven't spoken to Griff regarding it. So All right. I I think there's a chance he could move him. I think he's an asset that would be – you could get something for it. So there's two. Yep. We just read this in our update at this hour. The New Orleans Pelicans are keeping their eyes on Wizards guard Bradley Beal. Would you want Bradley Beal and Lonzo Ball on the same team? Um, I don't – I wouldn't want Bradley Beal, Lonzo Ball, Andrew Holiday all on the same team. Right. Right? Right. So are getting a little crowded there in the backcourt. Yeah, that, so right. that's an opportunity. How about this move? This move I think would be interesting. If you called up Memphis, who has the number two overall pick in this year's draft, and you said, we'll give you Lonzo Ball and the fourth pick that we just got from the Lakers, mm -hmm. and we get your number two. And then you could pair that. You could take either R.J. Barrett or John Morant, pair that with Zion, then you got a nice long young nucleus. Yeah, if you're New Orleans, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> the problem is... <laughs> but you were the one raving about Lonzo Ball. Memphis is probably going to do this when, like, after they listen to you, they're just going to politely put the phone down. It's so a, if it's I a ask three, you... It's a three-player draft, so theoretically what you're offering is Lonzo and either DeAndre Hunter or Darius Garland. Um, but DeAndre Hunter, though, because you'd have Lonzo, so it wouldn't be Darius Garland. Um, right. I think this is very So you're saying no. No, I, I don't... I mean, look... What do I know? Maybe, maybe Memphis has been posturing this whole time and they don't really love John Morant. Like if that, if that's the case, uh, and Lonzo holds some appeal and, and you still think there's upside, I personally think there is upside with Lonzo still. I think he's a good fit in New Orleans, although I do agree with you. I think they're listening. Yeah. Griffin, them are it's all options. It's far from available. done, uh, from the New Orleans Pelicans right. from their standpoint. Uh, I don't, I don't think Memphis would do that. No. All right. Uh, so who says no? The Memphis Grizzly, Grizzly. Yeah. You know who? The Grizzlies. Say yeah, no. The Grizzlies. All right. Um, the you know where it is done is in Toronto and they had a parade yesterday. A lot of parades going on. St. Louis Blues had a parade that yeah. was pretty epic the other day. Toronto, massive, massive crowds uh yesterday in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard got up there and I was very curious to see how he handled it. He doesn't like talking to the media. He seems very shy, very introverted. Had to get up there and talk to the whole crowd. There's one way you get up there and diffuse everything. You bring all the pressure off you with this response. Enjoy this. Enjoy this moment. And have fun with it. 
Now his players, they were dying because they knew what he was trying to. But the thing is, it didn't even sound like his laugh that went viral. It was not. Yeah, that it was. Like, it wasn't as funny. It wasn't as good. Now, obviously, everybody's partaking in all kind of you know <laughs> liquids, refreshments, so they're feeling pretty good. But your boy Kawhi, just he's really awkward. He is socially awkward. It, I, I, that was painful for me to watch. <laughs> Did you see the front row of of? Uh, of uh, I I imagine they were ownership group or something like that. They were all white dudes sitting in the front row. <laughs> Did you see that they were kind of like they didn't know what was about to come out of his mouth. They they were just sitting there waiting. And there was no, there, I think that group of individuals was waiting for some kind of like endorsement of Toronto as a possible future destination for Kawhi. (laughs) And they didn't give it, and they were like, huh? No, so they had uh, an estimated one and a half million people attended. Again, the thing that's very unique about this situation is that it's really an entire country rooting for this team. So you're going to have people probably came from all over the surrounding suburbs around Toronto to come celebrate. It was really cool to watch that come place. Uh, You know who else made a lot of appearances on this one? Was one Drake. Oh, Drizzy. Everybody was asking, you know, hollering at him. And he was kicking back, was shotgunning some beers, having yes. a good time. He is a global ambassador for the organization. Do you have any problem with him riding no, in the play? No, listen, I, I, if he's a part of what you're doing. My only real issue with the Drake thing was being too involved in the game at times. Like, I have no problem with him being – he's a part of that franchise. He is kind of – you know, the, the ambassador, if you will, yeah. um, uh, 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 of Canada at this point, you know, and so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, he's obviously got a great relationship with those dudes. I bet there's a back and forth. They probably hang out together off the court. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm cool with him being involved in that. I don't know if he. All right. There's Kawhi giving you a little yeah. bit. All right. That, that makes me feel better. Exactly. He's got a cigar in his mouth. I, that, that's a little looser. I'm, I can deal with that. Maybe right. it's just. Well, he was in front of a million and a half people. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that's what that was. Now he's, you know, kind of with his buddies there on the bus, actually in the parade going around as Drake is shooting, uh, his Instagram story with all the guys. I guarantee you these guys, I would be, I would have Drake on speed dial. If I was one of those players and you had yeah. that type of access, hey man, where are we going tonight? Absolutely. Every single weekend I would have been now, dealing with that. You know my, uh, I just sidebar. Let's yeah. get it. Let's get off of sports real quick. You know my son Dia, right? Yeah. Um, he has a head of hair that, He's cultivated for a long time now. It is all over the place. It is huge. It people love it. He yeah. It, he right? had the Odell Beckham. He had the Odell for a long time. He had the Odell Beckham. He let go of that and he turned it into more of like just a big old head of hair that he braids and it's highlighted and yep. it's like kind of like. Um, so he wants to get waves now, right? Like that's what he wants yes. to do. He wants to cut his hair and he wants to get we waves. We talked about the little white kid that had the video right. doing the waves. So Drake <laughs> is a topic of conversation in our house. So we're talking about waves, right? And like, you know, we got a wave check. He wears a do-rag for his, for his braids. Yep. So he's like, dad, I want to try to get waves. I'm like, look, man, I used, I used to have waves. I was like, but my hair is different than yours. So we're on a website last night that, that is breaking out different type of hair types, right? Yep. And like, I'm a type one hair type, like tighter curls, like it'll curl at a really low level. I'll get this type of waves. There's a type two type of hair, a little looser. And then there's a type three. It says usually for mixed people, right? Right. And those waves, he looked at those and he was like, nope, don't want those waves. <laughs> so I'm sitting around on the couch about 45 minutes later. I'm like, D, look, the only way we're ever going to find out is if you do it. I don't think your hair is that straight. It probably falls between two and three. Just relax, cut it. We'll figure it out. 45 minutes later, I get a text from him with a picture of Drake. He's like, Drake's mixed, right? And Drake's got all his waves coming down. I'm like, yes, D, Drake is mixed, but you should be good. Try get your wave game tight. So, so going for the wave game. Drake is Drake. watching. 
Please let us know how I can get my little mixed young son his wave game up. Yeah, I think Drake yeah. could do it too. I think he would help out. Yeah, because he's gung ho. He's like, yo, I want him just like Drake's. There you go. All Absolutely. Right. I like it. So we can get that done. A uh, little bit different than the videos I'm watching in my house full of three girls. Yeah. <laughs> They're watching French braids, different braids, barrettes, yeah. bows, and all that stuff. Uh, quite a different conversation there. Uh, the one unfortunate thing that did, um, did happen, transpire at the parade, which really unfortunate is you had a shooting at the parade. Four people were injured, three arrested, two weapons were recovered. Really unfortunate situation. I don't know about you. As I was watching that, I get nervous. It's I just, don't like it's crowds. like a sign. It's, it's today's society where if there's a crowd of people, uh, to me, I see it as a target. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. If I'm in that crowd, I'm kind of looking around. I'm trying to stay on the outskirts of the crowd. I don't want to be in the middle. It's just, it's an unfortunate part of where we are as a society. But, uh, thankfully, no deaths. There were four people injured though. So we wish them a speedy recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's keep it moving with, uh, some more NBA talk as the Rockets. So they, after the season ends, Daryl Moore gets trolled by several players saying, ah, oh, you know, analytics, blah, blah, blah. They're making fun of him, trolling him. Then you get the report out that he is opening up the entire team except for James Harden to on the trade block. Hey, yeah. we're willing to deal. We're willing to go out there. Then there's a lot of thing of, well, who the heck is going to want Chris Paul's contract? So it's kind of been this you've been hearing more and more coming out of Houston. Well, there was an article by Tim McMahon on ESPN.com said that Chris Paul – wants to coach James Harden, take that mentorship role. Let me tell you how to play the game. Yeah. I've been around longer than you. And James Harden, <clears throat> this is the quote, looks at him like, you can't even beat your man. Just shut up and watch me. Hey, yo, that, that's always, it's always an interesting dynamic when you have an older star that is kind of transitioning out of stardom into post-stardom and a young star and the older star doesn't really realize that he's past his expiration date yet. It's, and, and that's a delicate, it's a delicate balance there. And so I imagine, I, I've always maintained from the beginning when this rumor came out that, that Houston should stand pat. Right. That they should just. Well, that wait. was, I wondered if they changed their mind as soon as Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson went down, that maybe they would say, Hey, we're closer than we think. Now, obviously with the Lakers making the move that they made, the Lakers are the favorite. So maybe they're thinking we have to keep up with the Lakers. Yeah. But see, the Lake, the Lakers thing is that, Every team LeBron's ever gone to and, and created a, a quote-unquote super team, they haven't won the first year. There's still a window for Houston. Do you understand? What I mean? It takes people a year to figure out how to give up part of themselves to play with LeBron. And I don't mean that in a negative way towards LeBron. It's just right. he's so great, he's going to take up some of what you do as another great player. It takes them a while to figure that out. It happened against Dallas when he was with the Heat. It happened against Golden State uh, for for well, Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt, but for different reasons they didn't win. So I do think the window's still open for Houston. Um, and even in, if it was just going to be a free agency shuffling of the pieces, I felt it was a good idea for them to stand pat for a minute. I still I still think so. I, I think that you should tinker around the edges of that. Yep. Um, you should you should you know figure out if you can find some better three and D type of players. Um, you know I I think you could use another playmaker in in Chris Paul's decline as a true playmaker someone else that can beat his man off the bounce um and I and I think that the conversation has to be had they have to sit in a room they got to hash that out over you know probably multiple meals multiple sit downs about like look man this is what I don't like like any relationship yeah like it is a relationship right and it doesn't have to be where we can't figure it out like it's just black and white it either works or it doesn't work look we we have this conversation I don't really love when you do that to me you know, well, you know, I see this and I can't help it because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm used to doing that and then I'm fired back. Like, you know, I respect that you used to do that wherever you were, but you know, I am, 
you know, a two-time MVP, man, you got to trust me that I know what, you know, you got to hash that out. I think they can work together. But I think it's a lot like marriages. Some marriages are able to make it through some rough patches yeah. when they fight and they argue. Maybe they see counseling. Maybe they realize, hey, we're meant for each other. We're going to make this work. Other times, it's just a constant grind, and you see people that are miserable together that's until true. you break it up. And that's where I think it, the onus falls on Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni, because I think this is where his input is, uh, his input is vital in this situation to tell Daryl Morey on a day-to-day basis on the court, in games, how bad is it? And how, right. how contentious is it? Cause I could see a circumstance where, I don't know, I don't know Chris Paul, but I know his reputation is, I don't know, I think some guys like him in that very small, tight knit group, but I don't know if a lot of guys love playing with him. I think that's fair. And so I, if, is this, obviously James Harden is not a part of the Banana Boat crew. He's not there. Yeah. He's a unique individual too. He has a unique game that's yeah. very individual, individualistic. So, it all depends on you've got to make that decision and make it sooner rather than later. Can we salvage this? And you know what the sad part is? They might not have a choice well, because the- we talked about him being 34, uh, Chris Paul. He's owed $124 million over the next three years. That's the biggest issue they're going to have to you, hurdle. You, That's the biggest hurdle. You answered your own question. Right. I, you know, I was going to follow up. You might you, just you, have you them gotta, get counseling. You're going to have to because I don't know. <laughs> Every time I say this about an NBA player, he gets traded a week later. I don't know who's going to take that contract. Having said that, the Lakers are probably going to scoop him up and right. bring him in there to play with LeBron and right. AD. But it's going to be a hard contract to move at this point. And I would say that early in their existence together, it didn't look like it was the type of relationship um, that they were always at each other's throats and they couldn't get along. I, I think that probably the lack of communication over the course of time has caused there to be a, 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 a gap. There, I think that could be. I think it could be mended. I think you can get them back on the same page. But I do agree with you. I think you touched on something, and I've always said about Mike D'Antoni because I I praise Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, like I, I think he's one of the greatest basketball minds. Where he struggles is when he's got to have his hands on stuff, making people do things they don't normally want to do. Because his philosophy is to kind of trust guys to do what they do, and he doesn't. I, I've talked about times when I'd go in. And say, hey, Mike, we're not moving the ball like such and such. You know, he's not making that extra pass. You know, that's the beauty of who we are. And he'd say, yeah, I see it. But I don't want to tell him that because if I do tell him that, he's going to start second guessing it. And then we can't be at our best. So he doesn't want to be hands on. This is one of those situations where to get them to play their best basketball together, you may have to be very hands on. And honestly, I don't know if that's Mike's strength. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for him. Uh, Daryl Moore has tried to downplay all the drama saying we have two high level competitors, Chris and James, who are their only goal at this life and at this point in their life is to win the title. Uh, he was on with Sean Salisbury in the, uh, in Houston on his radio show. Sean Salisbury asked him, does Chris Paul want to be traded? Maury said, no, Chris Paul does not want to be traded. Sean said, will you field calls on Chris Paul? Daryl Morey says, no, we want to add one That's a lie. star to this team. I know, because he can't say it. Because if he does... Yeah, but don't lie. Yes, don't lie. Yeah, but what do you do? What do you do if you're Daryl Morey in that situation to say our phone is always open to any player? Because if you say yes, no, our phone is... We're, we're taking calls on Chris Paul. Chris Paul... You know the way you navigate that is I take calls... You don't have to say yeah. I, I take right. calls all day long. Yeah. Like, I, I take calls about everything. Like, that's my job is to take calls. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you don't say no. <laughs> Right. Because if or you, you the right, just if you, lie and deal listen, with it later. If somebody calls forget. you right now and offers you Steph Curry for Chris Paul, you ain't trading him? <laughs> right. Of course he I mean, is. Of course you are. Like, of so don't, course don't get up there and lie. Just say Yeah, just, but this is one of those things, and this is where Nick Saban got crushed 
for when he was the head coach of the Dolphins, they said, are you going to Alabama? And he said, no. And he lied because he just wanted it to be over with. Correct. And then he got hammered for it later. But in the end, he still got paid. He still went to Bama and who cares? Like you, I think that sometimes it's okay to lie to a yes, fan. This base. isn't a big, this isn't a big deal. Right. I'm simply saying that you could get up there and be forthright as a general manager without saying you're trading, you're trading, you're looking to trade Chris Paul. You can say, right. I take calls on things all the time. Like my phones are always on. Right. That's it. Right. And Chris Paul is a heck of a player. People are, you know. Yes, whatever else you want to say about that. Yes. Kind of soothe it over. Uh, Rocket CEO Tad Brown, he was the dude, was he the dude that was talking all the smack or was that the owner? I think it was the, the owner. The owner. So for, 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 yeah, for, 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 yeah, for, the, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know his name, sorry. I know, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I don't know his name. Fertita? Fertita? Fertita. Uh, so Rockets, their CEO, Tad Brown said, there's been some messiness in our current offseason, but we're always going to be in a state of somewhat tension because until we achieve our goals and get where we need to be, we're going to continue to challenge ourselves to get better. That sometimes creates tension. This is a way for us to just continue to get better. This is a pretty good quote. I understand that. Like if you're on a team that is continually coming up short, I'd be kind of irritated if my guys were happy headed to Cabo and yeah. see you in the, you know, see you when we get back for camp. I'd want there to be some guys that are upset. I think it shows that they care. Uh, do you have any problem with the Houston Rockets? So right now is the odds set up. Uh, the Lakers are the favorites to win next year's championship, yeah. specifically since Anthony Davis, uh, was traded there. Uh, they're in the, uh, leader right there, the betting favorite, three to one odds. The Bucks behind them with the season they have with Deanna, six to one. The Clippers, seven to one. And then the Rockets at eight to one. The Rockets at eight to one are interesting to me because I think it does show how close they are as it stands now. And yet, when I hear all this tension and all this dissension and all this, I'm like, are they really that close? Uh, like, you know, the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, I think they're pretty close. Yeah, they can beat they can beat just about everybody except Golden State. And and you know what I mean? Like they're they're better than most people. Um, the, what, what was interesting to me about that one was the Clippers. The Clippers, the respect that the Clippers are being given. That it's almost be like it's a foregone conclusion that Kawhi is going. That's what I think LA. it tells you. Um, I, I am one of those people. I don't think that dropping Kawhi into LA makes them a championship team. I don't. Now you t- tell me you're going to get Kawhi and name another star that's going to be there with him. Depending right. on who that star is, I might change my opinion, but Kawhi in and of itself, uh, or, or in and of himself going from Toronto to LA, the Clippers does not make them a championship level team. And I'm going to say this again about Denver. Don't sleep on Denver. Denver is a young, a young team that was giving people fits last year. They play a style of play that's very, very hard, um, to game plan for defensively. And they've got a kid who was supposed to be the number one pick in the NBA draft last year ahead of Luka Doncic and ahead of Trey Young going into that year. Yep. And he had back issues and he didn't get to play. And Michael Porter Jr., they stole him in the draft. If he's healthy and they can drop him in, he's a 6'10", like 6'9", do-it-all type of wing. It's something that they were lacking this year. That's only going to add to what they do. Don't sleep on them. They were a little low on that list for me. 20-1 to 1 long shot. So if you're looking for some value, maybe take a shot at the Denver Nuggets. I think the Michael Porter Jr. thing, when he comes back, it's going to be really interesting to see what type of player he is. Yeah, because I have no idea. We totally forget at one time. Health-wise. Exactly. But, but his that's game is, is... Right. But it's very... Like, he had back issues, he's right? Kevin like, Durant-ish. Right. No, I mean, I, I watched him all through high school. I mean, that, that's, it's not fair to call him Kevin Durant. Right. But, but body type. Yep. Game, like stylistically, like that, where you're a matchup problem if you're playing the three because you are so much longer than everyone else. You get to a spot, you get in the air, you can shoot it. I mean, I don't know how far along he is. I don't know if his health is good and I don't know how far along he is in terms of, you know, that rookie season to sophomore season growth. But, um, if he's good and they come back healthy, 
that could be a real addition for them. Yeah, for sure. Could find some value there in the Nuggets. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So yesterday we broke down a lot of the trade that took place between the Pelicans and the Lakers. And as everybody always asks, who won the trade? Uh, you and I both agree, like probably both both teams were helped in that one. But there sure. definitely were some losers that were not involved in the trade, which is why they find themselves on the outside looking in now. So the team that was really mentioned the most with the Lakers is possibly trading for Anthony Davis was the Celtics. So you've got some very frustrated Celtics fans. And right. it sounds to the point now or even the Celtics themselves are saying, uh-oh, we might have a bigger problem on our hands as Kyrie Irving, who has the player option, is expected to decline. Um, he's supposed to meet with the management soon. And then Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, this morning said that the Celtics are, quote, really concerned, almost to the point of resignation, that Kyrie Irving is going to leave them. It changes the dynamic. So as of now, the Celtics, they have... The numbers 14, 20, and 22nd overall picks in the draft, which you have stated several times, and most people agree, it is a three-player draft. So you're like three rookies that aren't going to have an impact. The Celtics don't want that to be their, their a majority of their team. But my question for you is, if we all know this, who that? What are you going to get for those? Um, yeah, I I don't <laughs> know what you could get. I mean, 14 and 20 together might get you. I don't know, some marginally better than 14. I might get you up to like six or seven. But you're not getting in that top three. And you're still at that point, there is a market drop off from three to four. I would say there's even a, uh, uh, there's a market drop off from like four and five, which is, you know, kind of Darius Garland and, and, and DeAndre Hunter, like four and five to like six and seven. So you're not getting anywhere near something that's going to really be a value to you. The Celtics are, What's the word I want to Do use? Do you think Danny Ainge misplayed this all? Like, cause he's been collecting, amassing all of these picks and it was supposed to be for some of these big moves and really the only big move that he was able to pull off was Kyrie and now Kyrie's leaving. Yeah. Well, is he, the criticism of Danny Ainge fair? Cause I think it is. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I, I thought he did a like, plans. Look, they're, they're, the, the end, the end result is always what you're going to be judged off of. The swing and the try was a valiant effort. You know what I mean? Like he saw, he had a plan. He executed, you know, most of his plan. It came to fruition. He just didn't get it done when the big deals were there to be had. I mean, you know, you weren't able to keep Kyrie there, and obviously you missed out on AD, but the rest of it was executed perfectly. He had done a good job doing it. So I have mixed emotions about, you know, laying all the blame on Danny Ainge. At the end of the day, yes. But, you know, he was able to navigate most of that brilliantly and get, you know, you got some great pieces in the process and Jalen and Jason Tatum and, you know, Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. Like, he did a really good job with a lot of that. You know, they just haven't been able to get the big guy. This is, this is sad for Celtics because 
when you talk about losers like in the NBA with the Celtics and the Knicks after the AD trade and neither one of them got what they wanted, this stings way more for the Celtics than it does for the Knicks. Right. The Celtics were right there. The Celtics were in the conversation coming into this year as a potential NBA championship level team. And if Kyrie leaves them, they are as far away from that as, as, you know, anybody in the Eastern Conference. And I don't, I, they'll make the playoffs, but they are not a championship level team. This thing's way more for the Celtics than it does for, for the Knicks. All right. Let me ask you this. Does this give you any consolation that you say, man, a year ago, we were making a really nice run in the playoffs without Kyrie. Yeah. We lose Kyrie. Who cares? He's been maybe a, I don't want to say cancer in the locker room because it's such a cliche term, but it was not working with Kyrie. Right. Like maybe, for one reason or another, right? Maybe you're better off where you were a year ago, or do you think that's not a realistic? Look I don't think you get to put the genie back in the bottle very often. Right. I think you, you, you kind of, you missed out on, on that, that window of time. Things very rarely, uh, wind up coming, coming back and being the exact same. Um, you're going to bring Gordon Hayward back next year. Who I think will fit better with those, those other pieces than, than Kyrie did on the court. Um, but you still don't know what version of Gordon you're going to get. Uh, and I love Gordon. I, 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 Gordon was one of my rooks. Uh, I don't know that Gordon as your number one player is championship level team, right? right? Um, and I don't think that any of those younger guys are ready to be number one players either. They're not at that point in their careers where they can carry you. And so I would say again, that team, they'll be, they'll probably be in and around the same number that they were this year, maybe fractionally less. I don't see them winning more games, but it'll feel different because you won't have that, that, like that, that turmoil and that, 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 um, you know, just general feel of, 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 of turmoil around the, the program, like Brad Stevens will have that group playing harder, giving more effort, looking like they're on the same page. They'll just be a lower ceiling for them. So there were some conflicting reports out there on, uh, Jason Tatum that right. he was on the block, that he was, and then they weren't going to do, uh, have him available. And then Shams Sharania reported that the Boston was open to dealing Tatum or Memphis future first, but not as a package deal for, for Jason Tatum specifically. What, like, What's his ceiling as far as how good can he be? I don't know. Um, he was, I mean, talk about that playoff run. He was insane. Yeah, he was great in the playoff run, and then he took a step back this year. Right. So, you know, he's still a baby. He's only – what is he? He should be a junior in college. should be going into a senior year in college right now. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's a baby, so I want to be fair to him. He's a really, really good young player. Um, but I couldn't tell you right now if he'll he'll turn into a number one or, you know, if he'll be a good number two. Or, I, I, I don't know. Right. There's an element of volume to his game where – you know, he needs the ball. He needs to be able to get into his, you know, his bag and he's going to volume shoot. There have been volume shooters like Kobe who are some of the best to ever do it. Um, there have been volume shooters that, that, you know, can't really produce on a championship level team because they're volume shooters. So I don't, I don't know where he falls. It's too early in his career. Uh, so one of the questions I was going to see, what do you think Al Horford does with his, uh, player option? So the Boston Celtics, uh, from Woj just tweeted out just a couple seconds ago, Al Horford will not exercise the $30 million option in his 2019-2020 contract and become an unrestricted free agent. League sources tell ESPN, Horford and the Celtics both have interest in working toward a new deal. LA, buddy. LA. You don't think he's going to stay there? LA. Really? I, I'm not, I don't know where he's going to stay. I'm telling, I'm saying if I'm LA, that's another. Oh, you're calling him what? right away. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, and he's a great locker room what? dude. Like offensive presence, knocks down jumpers, just ties it all together. That's the perfect big for LA. Yep. All right. So we talked about the Celtics. The Knicks were the other team. 
the organization that had so much optimism, there was, you know, hey, we're going to get Kevin Durant. That puts us in the market for Kyrie. Then obviously everything totally comes apart when Kevin Durant tears his Achilles. Are they still going to offer the max to Kevin Durant? Uh, yeah. And does he take it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's I mean, really- I, I, that I can't tell you, but you've, if you're the Knicks, first of all, like getting rid of Chris Stapp's Porzingis, um, was, I mean, I, I, I don't know the behind the scenes, so I, let me give them a little bit of credit. Maybe, right. maybe it was just a completely, like a completely fractured relationship. It was a poop show of a relationship. I don't know, but you don't give away Chris Stapp's for, because you got cap, like problems. You, right. you don't do that. Right. Um, they did it. Um, and they put all their eggs in this basket and then, you know, Kevin Durant gets hurt. I don't think you get to back out now. Like, I think you still got to swing at Kevin Durant, give him the two years it takes to get him healthy. The problem becomes now, you, I don't know that you're getting anybody to come with Kevin Durant. So now you're sitting there with Kevin Durant and the rest of your roster has no real shape. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess what you do is you swing at him, you put him on the shelf and you start to shape a roster around him. So then in a couple of years, you could take a swing at something. That would be the only play. Because right now, that roster has no... Well, you could have a really good pick in two years. You know, like if you're bad again. If, yeah. you, if you take R.J. Barrett with the third pick. But that, year, those guys, don't, Kevin... they don't help you. Right. Like it... you, you could take Zion to, to play with LeBron, and he doesn't help them this year. He's exciting. But those kids, they're, been, they're not ready. They're not ready. Like in a, in a few years from now, he will be. But right now, he won't be. And so... You know, if you're the Knicks, again, you're still stuck in this place where you, you, if you have Kevin Durant, uh, and then you wind up with a number one pick, yay. But what Kevin Durant's looking at that number one pick, like, bro, shop that. Right. Get me something that can help me right now. Yep. Uh, and that's what they're looking. They have spots for two max free agents. They'll be interested to see what they do. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So our buddy Pete Prisco does this every single year where he puts out a top 100 players in the NFL. Uh, it is coming out later today. They're doing a special on it right here on CBS Sports HQ. Brady Quinn's going to join him. Make sure you check that out. Let's just look at the quarterbacks. First of all, before we get to the quarterbacks, yep. were there any sort of rankings that bothered you as a player? No. Were there rankings put out that you ever heard about? Because, I mean, I, I I was in a different era. Like, there were at the end of the season, like, really the only rankings and stuff you paid. Then it was pre-NFL Network, so there wasn't a top 100 players. There weren't as many articles that were written I from a national that. standpoint. There were very few ranking lists that I would ever make. But, like, <laughs> in retrospect, like, I would feel some kind of way if they ranked, like, perimeter defenders when I played if I wasn't on there. Um, and probably, like, Shooting, like there are times today where people are talking about shooting the ball, like for people in my era and stuff like that. And if if like I could be offended at times with that, like Chris Hassel offended me yesterday on air. Oh, he did. What did he say to you? Yeah, somebody said like that the Lakers' needs were were um like sh- shooting and and defense, and they were and and he was like, you know, Rajon needs to come out of retirement. And Chris, you know, said, oh, I don't know about that. Like he was a lockdown defender, oh, he- but didn't know, you know, I don't know about the shooting part. So I have a list that you're on that is one of the most egregious oversights. I think you should be offended at how really? low you are on Trying this to get list. me riled up today. The uh, worst floppers of all Whoa! time. Whoa! You should be much higher than 14th oh, all no, that's time. Perfect. That's perfect. I'm, I'm Manu's number one. Vladi Divac is number two. You have Bill Lambeer is three. You are coming in at 14 I was not a on this list. I, oh, I don't know. You I are... You are right behind LeBron James. LeBron I, James is 13. I, you are 14. And then Baron Davis is right behind you. Real at 15. talk. I only really employed the flop when I was playing against someone who flopped. Right. Because you have to flop before they flop or they're going to flop. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. I got to beat you to the flop. Right. So, but when I'm playing as regular people, I'm just drawing charges is not in and of itself a flop. But if I knew you were going to flop, I'm going to flop. 
Worst instance of flopping, Ginobili gets a taste of his own medicine. That was when you flopped against Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, it was like we came together and we both. <laughs> right. like, like, ah. That's the epic one that I think is in a GIF out there yeah. online somewhere where you guys are both going all over the place. All right. Uh, but you or at least are on a list. I don't think I'm on any list <laughs> except the worst quarterbacks of all time. I think there is a list on that. And some, I'm convinced it's a Florida Gator who wrote that article and just wants to troll me because I don't think I was one of the worst of all no, time. Dude, I wasn't one on. of the greatest of all time, but I was like in the middle. Ridiculous. Just give me the middle yeah, of the middle road. Ground. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. Uh, quarterbacks on the list. Number one for Pete Prisco, Patrick Mahomes. I agree. Right. I, if I was building around a quarterback, I would build around Patrick Mahomes. 50 touchdowns this past season. I don't think it's an aberration. You combine that with Andy Reid, the system he's playing in, the maturity. I think he's handled all the success really well. Everything you hear from him says, I'm working harder to get better. I realize there's room for improvement. And you can't teach some of the throws he makes. I think this is correct also. I wouldn't have a problem though if you told me it was too early for that. Yeah, there are going to be a that. whole faction of people that aren't going to be uh, in love with this. Agreed. Pick. Agreed. I, I tend to agree with you though, NP. But agreed. I would say so. It's it's tricky because I'm still a Tom Brady fan. Although yeah. Coca was yelling at me saying he's way too high, which I di- I disagree with. I think ooh, he's, ooh, Tommy. Yeah, Tom yeah. Brady. He thought he was too high. He's at three on Pete's list. I still think he's playing an incredibly high level. I think if you look at their team last year. You know, it was a rough December. His numbers weren't that great, but historically, over the course of Tom Brady's career, except with the exception of the uh, when he had Randy Moss and they threw you know fifty touchdowns, mm-hmm. they don't put up stats. They win games. They win, and they games, win right. championships, which is really the barometer with which you uh, you put it on. So I I like Patrick Mahomes at one. Aaron Rodgers at two is one of those. I think it's a legacy pick because he is one of the best quarterbacks that have played in this generation. Right. But I need to see it again, and I need to see it with a new coach, and I need to see it with health. How uh, long has it been since you've seen it? I would say two. I've seen spurts of it, like oh, even last year. How long has it been Consistently, you... two or three years at least. Yeah, I'm with you, you know, then. So I, yeah. I want to see him do it at a level where I can see his body can stand it. I want to see him in a new system. I want to see his teammates gravitate. gravitate. I mean, it's been a decade since we've seen a Super Bowl win. You know, oh, right, 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 right. At some point, right. like you got to start saying, all right, where are the results? Drew Brees, no problem with that one, although – I would say Andrew Luck, I might have over Brady, Rodgers, and Brees. I might put him at number two. He was second in the league in touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. Finally looked healthy. Finally had an offensive line that was legit. And he had an exceptional year quietly because if he has that year and Patrick Mahomes doesn't exist, he's NFL MVP. Correct. We're talking about how great he is. But he kind of flew under the radar because he was because he got bounced from the playoffs, but also because of what Mahomes did. Are they in the same class of quarterback? Let's get rid of the older guys, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yep. Are Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck in the same tier of quarterback? Or or do you believe one of them to ceiling to be better uh, I like, think higher than the other? Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is higher, uh, but I would put him in the same category. Like it seems like Aaron Rodgers plays differently than Drew Brees or Tom Brady, but they're in the same okay. tier. All right. They're that that classic yes. all time group. I'd say Mahomes and Andrew Luck are in the same tier. It just, I would say Patrick Mahomes has another gear that no one has. Got That's it. why I like him at number one. Is Deshaun Watson, like, oh, what other so young quarterbacks Deshaun could Watson, be in that class with them? Deshaun Watson is not on Pete Prisco's list of top 100 players. Really? Which I think is an egregious omission. He has Jared Goff ranked higher than Deshaun Watson. 
the only thing you could say is, well, he took a team to a Super Bowl, right. but that team was stacked with talent around him. Deshaun Watson's had some of the worst offensive line play in front of him. I would, if you're asking me ceiling wise, who has a better ceiling, higher ceiling, it's Deshaun Watson and it's not even close. You know what else I think is a little too low? Mm. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield behind Jared Goff. Again, I would put him ahead of Jared Goff. Right. But I would put Baker Mayfield ahead of Cam Newton. I would put him ahead of Philip Rivers at this point of his career. I, I would probably even put him ahead of Carson Wentz. Look out, Debo, and all those Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fans in there. Oh, you startled Watch me. Watch out. <laughs> I caught you right there. Baker Mayfield <laughs> set an NFL record with 29 touchdown passes. And I know Carson Wentz had a phenomenal season. Again, if I'm going to say it with Aaron Rodgers, I need to see him healthy for a season. Right. I need to see that. I dang sure got to see it from Carson Wentz, who's been hurt a majority of his career. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is one of those ones who's pretty high up on here. I think he is, whether you like him or not, his level of play has always been there. Now, how does he do with Antonio, without Antonio Brown? I think that's a massive question right. mark, but I don't have any problem with him on here. You know who I think is entirely too low? Russell Wilson. I would put Russell Wilson in the tier with Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. Yeah. And I think those, like if you have the... He's got Matt Ryan ahead of Russell Wilson. I know. And I don't, I don't love I, that. I, like, I don't yeah, love that I, at all either because I think Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. He has an NFL MVP under his belt. He's really good. But Russell Wilson is this era's type of quarterback. And Matt Ryan is a little bit of a dinosaur when you look at the way the position is played. And I know Brady is still succeeding and Breeze, and you've got the pocket passers that are there. And Matt Ryan can, if he's got everything clean and the, he's got the receivers, which he has, he can have an exceptional year. But he doesn't have that upside because of the ability to make plays off the cuff, which is what the new tier of guys, the Mahomes, the Andrew Luck, and Russell Wilson, it's what they give to you. Do you think... Will ever get back to the pocket passer being in vogue again, or is the game forever changed to where this is the new face of quarterbacking? Cause I think I, it's changed forever. I do. I think you'll see, like, Andrew Luck is a hybrid, right? Cause he still throw, he looks like a pocket passer, but he can run. Right, right, right. Um, like you'll have the dudes like Trevor Lawrence and those guys that, but that see, can, Trevor Lawrence can run. Right. Okay. You no, know, so like he's so you're, pretty athletic. So you're, you're, I think it's forever you, changed. You have to be able to move. I and, think you have to be mobile enough to make plays cause that, and if I was offensive coordinator, I'd want somebody who could bail me out. Right. And then it's always been the thing the difference makers have been the guys that can make the plays when nothing's there. Now, even like Dan Marino, he could work in the pocket and buy some time just a little bit within a pocket, and then boom, it was gone with a quick release. But now you're seeing – look at Carson Wentz. He's scrambler. Yeah. Andrew uh, Aaron Rodgers has been that type. You know, the older guys that are phasing out – the Brady's, the Breeze, they're fading out, and you're seeing a new breed of quarterback that's coming out there, and most of them can run around and improvise. And that, I think, is the biggest difference. And systems are calling plays designed to utilize those strengths. Yeah, it's really interesting, because even at the youth level, like you, you saw like kids who weren't super athletic, right? So they couldn't play running back or receiver or anything like that. Yep. But their parents don't want them on the line. They wind up... You know, kind of playing quarterback and you can see their feet are just slow as heck and all that. But those kids, they, they don't, they don't play quarterback anymore. They put them on the line or something and you wind up with a kid back there that can really, you know, move around and, and create. So I was just wondering, cause basketball is kind of trend, like trended also to where you don't have that. Right. There's no more centers, no, no more bigs. They're all playing like guards. And I just wonder if they'll ever come back to being. So Coca just gave the ultimate troll job and it's yeah. kind of, there is some truth in it. He said Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl and he's the slowest quarterback ever. It's true. Which is true. If you are going to be that type of quarterback, the classic pocket passer, 
And Jared Goff is that, you know, and he had success. They, there were two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl that were pocket passers. I just feel there is a transition taking place where the pocket passer is a dinosaur. Right. They're slowly becoming extinct. You'll see guys, Matt Ryan, have a good year, but the trend will be going towards these types of quarterbacks that can run around and make players, which is a good thing. I, I, I love the fact that we're seeing number one overall picks taken that are six feet and six yeah. one. Because it brings in, oh, there are a lot of guys over the course of history who probably could have been as good as Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Not given but a they chance. wouldn't even get the shot. And now they, or they get switched positions. And now coaches and, you know, teams are starting to realize, hold on a second, maybe height is overrated. And I right. do think it was overrated. Just the same way I do think arm strength is overrated. You have to have a strong enough arm, but if you have the cannon and can't hit the target that you're throwing to, <laughs> right, right. then it doesn't the matter. Point? There's right. a there's a litany of quarterbacks that have been number one overall picks that had absolute cannons, and they were awful because they weren't accurate or they weren't smart enough. Right? Like, there's so much that goes into playing the quarterback position that you just don't you know you just don't know a lot of times how it's going to do. All right, welcome back to Canal and Bell. We have an updated list that you are on from Casey Kiernan, our buddy here, work. Is, uh, anchor here on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, what rank do you think you are in the history of Phoenix Suns? Do you have a guess? In what? All time is, like, no, all time players, like rated. Oh, just rated? All rated, all time best Phoenix Suns players. I think of Phoenix Suns players, uh, 75. 30th. Hey! 30th is pretty strong. In the history yeah. of a franchise? Yeah, I would 30th. take that. Yeah. Uh, he said, according to quote some blog. <laughs> so, you are ranked according to some or blog. Or 75th. Who will well, take it. I would take it. I don't know where I am in the Giants thing, but I guarantee it ain't 30th. That's for sure. Uh, alright. So, we, we talked not that long ago about, uh, high schoolers. They're skipping. Mm-hmm. They're making the decision to skip college, and that's great. Uh, I love the more opportunities, the better, because I don't want to see kids go to college and complain the whole time they're there and right. kind of make a mockery of it. So let's present some opportunities for them. LaMelo Ball. We talked a lot about Lonzo and LeVar yesterday. So his I don't think you can talk about this. I can't too. I don't, I, I don't know that I, you're, like, can be. You think I have a, a motive? I, yeah, you think I, I have a. Be partial when talking about the Ball family. I don't know that you. You might be right. Or impartial. This, I think you're always partial <laughs> yes. when you're talking and about And you might right. be right on that. Uh, I am not a fan of LeVar Ball. Yeah. Although I think the kids are pretty good kids. Right. Like I, I, I do too. I think, yeah. I think so too. So LaMelo Ball, who dropped out of high school, went to Lithuania for a year. He's 17 years old, went on the jump yesterday on national television and made the announcement that he's going to play for the Illawarra Hawks of the Australian National Basketball League. Hear that. Some of the uh, reasons that he referenced were my agents did a ton of research on the options I had to play this coming season. And Australia really made sense. They have a really strong league with excellent coaches, great players, including former and future NBA players, great strength and conditioning programs. My goal is to be the top pick in next year's draft. And I feel they can help me reach that goal. Um, when we talked about Lonzo, and this is when Lonzo was coming out, it was like, man, LeVar might be right on Lonzo, but his brothers have a long way to go. And granted, his brother was like 14 or 15 at the time. Right. And we all agreed that his middle brother, Leangelo, was not an NBA player. Right. LaMelo has probably been trending the most. He's had some of these games where he scores 92 in a game. He's a player, bud. So you, you what are his chances of being the number one overall pick next I, year? I don't and it's know. a really high bar, obviously. I'm, I'm not super familiar with uh, the rest of that class. Do you right. know what I mean? So I don't know who's in there. But, well, I, I believe the kid's up to like 6'7 now. He's only ever played with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. 
plays PG, he shoots it from damn near half court. You saw oh, something. He's six five. Is he six five? I thought I thought they had him at six seven. Well, I'm sure they probably have him at six seven. I would have him at six eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I don't. I think he. I think he'll be a high prospect, right? And on what his season looks like in Australia, I did think it was interesting. His quote about my agents did a ton of research on the options I had to play this coming season. That means I'm ineligible to play in college, probably. Right. It means like whoever, whoever. But like, of there was the a lot options, of, of the options, you could go to China. Right? That's a culture shock right yeah, there. Dude, you I mean, that's a tough place to play. And the basketball might be the best. Don't send a 17-year-old to China. That's, well, okay, that's so we, we can agree on yeah. that. He already did Lithuania, which was kind of – it wasn't the best basketball, and he was shooting it like yeah. you know, he was dropping 50 a game because he shot it every mm-hmm. single time down the court. Uh You've got some of the European leagues, Israel, Italy, you know, some of those. Sure. Uh, and then you have Australia. Do you, like, are you that familiar with any of those? Yeah. That I, you would say you would agree with uh, him, say Australia is a good league for him to develop? Australia is a solid league. It's not, I mean, it's, look, Australian basketball is really good. Think about the Australians that are in the NBA, uh, that have been producing, you know, as of late. Like, they have some really, really good players coming out of Australia. I don't know that the league is super strong. There may be some timing, like, of when they play their games and when their season goes through that makes sense for, for some of these younger players, and that's why they're doing it. Right. The better league, like, would be to go play in the ACB, which is the Spanish league. Yeah. Um, that's probably the strongest European league from top to bottom, where you're playing, Guys that could be over here in the NBA and just choose to stay and play in Europe because, you know, this would be a culture change for them and they don't want to do it. And see, that's where I think it gets dicey because you want to, you want to look the best. And if you go play against a grown men in Spain or in the Spanish league where they're really good. True. Your, your talent level might be the same, but you get exposed because you're not strong enough. Yeah. You know, you're still developing right. where if you were playing in high school or one year of basketball at Duke or anywhere else, you'd still look great, but they might knock you because you were playing against grown men. Correct. And stylistically, maybe, you know, when you go to play in the ACB, it's more buttoned up. Like very few people are averaging 23 a game in the ACB. They're like the highest, like Luka Doncic was winning like player of the year and he's averaging like 18 points a game and six assists. Like that's like maybe in the, in the, in the, in the NBL, it's more wide open and he's going to be able to have a ball in his hands and play the way he's accustomed to playing. They're not going to try to button him down, you know? Right. I'm really disappointed in you. Uh, we got you too far down on the floppers list at 14. You're too far down in the Suns organization. Yeah, okay. And you didn't get into the celebrity Fortnite tournament, uh, that took place oh, on the West Coast. Epic Games Mm-mm. held its second annual Fortnite celebrity pro-am and crowned a new duo as the tournament's champions. Airwalks and RL Grime were the winners. Airwalks and RL Grime won a million bucks, which they gave Dang, to charity. That's charity. Okay, which is a really good three million dollars were donated to charity. So some of these celebrity uh, deals are pretty cool. That's all. Awesome. They paired these gamers. I don't uh, know Ninja Airwax. was in it last year. I don't know any of them. I know I could not tell one of them. You do. I know. Tifu, like do your, my kids. Do your boys watch him? Yeah, they watch Tifu and Airwax. I mean, not Airwax, but a Ninja and. Some, I don't know who they're watching now. A new one pops up every day. So you did have some athletes that were paired with them. Finished. Josh Hart was 250 grand. He won for his charity. Joey Bosa was paired with Nick E30. Nick E30. I don't know 100% Kenneth how you Reed. say that. Do you think, and this has been annoying me lately, because I don't think they should be considered athletes. I don't think. They're not athletes. So then why are we getting them shoved down our throats on the sports networks that are out there? You I- are seeing the e-gaming like it is becoming a thing. It's not a sport. I agree, but you just said your sons watch it. Do you? Because that's what everything is geared about. The the reason the NFL is the most uh, uh, lucrative league is because people watch it. Yeah, and they can it. have advertisers. Do you think this will gain traction where people will watch as much as they watch the Super Bowl and the NBA, uh, the the Final Four and the college football playoff? 
Uh, yeah, I think it's it's trending. I don't know if it ever uh, yeah. This you do. Listen, this isn't just my kids. This is all right. It's everybody. I, I talk to everybody like and and all of their kids are doing the same thing, sitting there watching somebody else play a damn game. Yep. So yes, it's getting consumed to that degree. I don't give a damn how much it gets consumed. It ain't no damn sport. <laughs> I'm 100 percent on board, and I don't want to see it on my sports networks either. Correct. But we'll decide. Uh, I have good news for both of us. Maybe more so for me than for you. Uh, it's Dad Bod Day, baby. The New York. Uh, they ran an article i sent it to all you guys this morning nearly four and five among both men and women 78 percent believe a quote dad bod is a sign of a man who is confident in his own skin i don't damn I, right i don't know about Additionally, that do you agree with 65, heck yeah i do i feel good the ladies love it looking at this dad bod out there. Nah, i mean i'm cool with my dad bod oh wait wait is this so this dude? is different you said it said that they're comfortable in their own skin. You, well, that was one was, of them. What was sent to me was it was preferred. 65% of Americans, they find men and dad bods attractive, up from 57% the year before. No, what was sent to me was more attractive than, like... Yeah, six-pack abs. I totally I dis- agree. I disagree Who with needs that. a six... I mean, I got, I got six-pack abs, but the dad bod still <laughs> looks good, and the ladies <laughs> like it. You heard it right here. <laughs>